Hello and welcome to Cine Drunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined as per usual by Nathan. Hi there. And Elizabeth. Why, hello. Fancy us having this meat cute. <laughs> Just mm. kidding. Um, in our... Oh, excuse me. I'm really clumsy. <laughs> Doink. We just, we just knocked heads. Oh. Uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, we are doing our fourth bracketed competition with romantic comedies. The rom-com bracket. And we are enjoying... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're enjoying each other's company. Well, uh, um, we are also enjoying a drink called the Elderflower Old Fashioned. Mm-hmm. And we are true elderflower people here. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you some context, uh, we always have Saint Germain, or as the French call it, Saint Germain. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly like that. In the home. Um, I believe Matt and I had elderflower as our wedding scent. Um, (laughs) We had a wedding scent? Wait, what? Is that a thing? (laughs) I'm learning so much this Valentine's Day. It was. Um, Me too. So it is (laughs) highly romantic and also Mm -hmm. old-fashioned, which is... Apropos, because we have some real classics on the docket tonight. Mm. But anyway, I digress. The Elderflower Old Fashioned, um, which is delicious, has pretty simple ingredients. It's bourbon, St. Germain, which is an elderflower liqueur, um, Angostura bitters, which as usual, we are just using whatever bitters we have, which are blood orange bitters. Oops. And Matt's tears. And Matt's tears. Yes. And lemon zest for garnish. And really, um, it's two and a half ounces bourbon, a half ounce St. Germain, two to three little drops or dashes of the bitters, and you just stir all of that together with ice and strain it into um, a glass, preferably with one large ice cube. But of course, we lack the technology for such things. <laughs> Sure. Um, whatever. Just use your imagination. <laughs> and uh, and then the lemon zest is garnish. But it's uh, it's great. Yeah, it is. As usual, I am a happy clam. <laughs> I would usually describe you as a happy clam. Mm-hmm. As usual, I'm already super stressed by we have as as per usual narrowed down our top thirty two mm-hmm. into our sixteen, and there have already been some. Tough matchups. Egregious. Egregious. Settlements. Um, So as we've done in in, uh, some of our past brackets, uh, we sort of narrowed down our list to 32 films, um, which was really difficult. There's not only are there a ton of romantic comedies that we considered, um, but at least I know I love romantic comedies, even bad ones. I will see them all. And I think we all can kind of agree on romantic comedies, maybe not necessarily agree on which ones. Um, and then we seeded them, as we have for our past couple brackets, uh, just by date, by release date. So our number one, our oldest film, is City Lights, the classic with Charlie Chaplin. That's always on the AFI Top 100 list. Uh, and our most recent was Silver Linings Playbook from a couple years ago, the David O. Russell that won. Jennifer Lawrence, her best actress on screen, Nathan, is, is yawning. Oh, goodness. 
So let's let's hop to it. Um, Which we well we disagree on that one. I well I have not seen City Lights, so I didn't vote for it partly because of that. But also I really loved Silver Linings Playbook. I'm yeah. angry that B Coops, you know, got in this year for Oscar, but he was my pick. Forget Daniel D. Lewis's Lincoln. <laughs> That's Bradley Cooper to you. Um, Red Not in the know. Folks. B Coops. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm uh, just going to, when I hang out with him, I'm going to call him C Chaps versus B Coops in yeah. round one. C Chaps. I also, I guess, Took it. I love that I'm yawning when I'm comparing a silent Charlie <laughs> Chaplin movie <laughs> to, um, to something quite contemporary. But I did vote for City Lights. As it's a classic I. and with good reason. Yep. Maybe not great reason, but with, with good reason. Yeah. With excellent reason. Yeah, yeah. So City Lights uh, moved on and will now face Clueless, which beat Chasing Amy, which I love Chasing Amy, but it was Clueless. we all pretty handily. Clueless. I think yes. um, you're just also... a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> Way yeah. harsh, Ty. Clueless is <laughs> so our generation. I mean, it was, at least... For me, it was probably a little, or I was a little too young. To get all a of it. A little bit too young, but it still was right in that sweet spot of, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. nostalgia for me. And, um... It's also pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's really, so really funny. good. Yeah. Um, and it holds up. Also, I think Clueless was boosted a little bit by the music video that came out over the past year. Was it... Oh, the Iggy Azalea. Iggy Azalea. Yeah. Just... You just have to admit, it's in your mind. It is. I Subconsciously. Like, I don't need a music video. That movie's always in my mind. Yeah, you feel really like you love don't. Clueless. But it helped. It also started my enduring crush on Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd, who is Amen. strangely ageless. Yeah, he, he looks the exact same he now as he's Honestly, kind of creepily ageless. <laughs> as is actually Donald Faison. Yeah. Like, you put braces on Donald Faison now, and he looks exactly <laughs> yes, the same the as same. he looked in that movie. Oh. Um, well, so, yeah, it's easy Clueless for me. For the Clueless room. wins. Yeah, me too. Clueless. Yep. Yep. There it is. Moves on. Next, uh, we had Moonstruck lost out to Notting Hill. Uh, so we've got Notting Hill versus Bridget Jones' Diary, which narrowly beat The Princess Bride. That was a tough, Yeah. tough matchup. I think I think my decision, at least on Bridget Jones over Princess Diary or Princess Diaries, <laughs> only that one here, over the Princess Bride, um, was just that that movie feels like also just as much an action adventure. It's equally fantasy, about the yeah. fantasy. It's also so much about like the grandpa and the and the grandson. Like mm-hmm. there's just so many elements. Whereas Bridget Jones is as close as you get to the like traditional banter, rom-com, love triangle. Yeah. It just feels more by the books. Yeah. And I, the romantic storyline in The Princess Bride is the, is the component I care about least. Mm. I mean, what I remember is the, the rodents of unusual size and the right. funny, yeah, the funny bits and the, yeah, everything, the everything except the romantic storyline. Right. Well, they're apart from pretty much Most the whole of movie. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, Phenomenal movie. I've seen it way too many times, but that's okay. Um, but I voted for um, B. Jones. B. Jones. B. Jones as well, which yeah. I think is a little underrated. I mean, it, I don't think it was at the time, but I think it's a little bit forgotten. Yeah, it oh. deserves a rewatch. Hmm. 
Um, which, so coming to this category, I am going to go... I mean, Notting Hill is so... I love all of this stuff with his friends. But it's really strange that it is a shockingly for someone supposedly... <laughs> the kitties are really excited about it. They are. Um, for something supposedly about like this super charming, world-famous actress, which is, of course, what Julia Roberts actually is at this point. She's strangely charmless in this movie. Oh, I, I find disagree. her. I feel like it's one of her least appealing rom com roles. I feel like whatever she's doing totally matches Hugh Grant, though. And I love the two of them. Because mm-hmm. it could totally be really mismatched if she was like full on pretty woman cackling. You know? True. True, but so then it just drags down the whole energy of all of their scenes together. And oh, she. I think it's such a she feels movie. like. I understand at the beginning her being this like real enigma, like in that scene where he spills the orange juice on her shirt and mm-hmm. then she comes back. But she never gets any deeper to me. And she never really seems like she's having fun and she never really seems like she likes him that much. I just don't get the romance. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's so much more from... Hit. This is an interesting... We've got you know Hugh Grant versus Hugh Grant. Notting Hill is so his perspective, I think. And obviously Bridget Jones is hers. hers. Right. Um, well, so but I, I like the ladies' view better. I would Shocker. go with Notting Hill. I, I, I love Shocker. <laughs> for Notting Hill, the characters with her, you know, being uber famous, I still feel like it's very grounded. It is until the end, like press yeah. conference. Yeah, but it's still, it's still. I love Notting Hill, and I will always rewatch. Well, pretty much all of these, I'll rewatch all the time. I love me some rom-coms. But I say Notting Hill, you say Bridget Jones, Nathan, break this tie. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I think it's Renee at her most charming. I prefer Hugh Grant I have seen Notting Hill multiple times. We're talking at least three or four times, which for me is quite okay. a few. Um, I love the fruititarian yes. uh, <laughs> scene. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, good on ya. Um, <laughs> Wait, he's an Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> I could do the accent too. If you oh, I would love um, it no, for the rest no. of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I I feel like Notting Hill is a little bit schlocky. I don't know if that's really the right word, but um, you don't think Bridget Jones is schlocky? I don't. I mean, for some reason, Bridget, are in the... no. Well, of course they are. They're rom coms, but. I have to go with Bridget Jones. I think it stands out more for me. That I guess it resonated resonated more. Awesome. Like maybe I've seen Notting Hill more. Maybe I even enjoyed Notting Hill more. But Bridget Jones affected me more deeply in my heart. Which at the end of the day, isn't that what romantic comedies are about? Sure. Also, <laughs> I rest my case. I mean, I understand that Notting Hill is from Hugh Grant's perspective, so I don't mean to compare. Bridget Jones to Notting Hill, but Bridget Jones walks that fine line, which is that she does ridiculous and humiliating and self-deprecating things, but in a way that actually feels like something that I personally would have happened to me versus mm-hmm. like, and because, you know, she, well, I think Renee Zellweger looks great in those movies, but by Hollywood standards, of course, she's like morbidly obese. And, <laughs> you know, like, there's just something like very real about all of her sort of shenanigans. Like, I love the joke of like, 
trying to look good in your dress, but that means that you're wearing these, like, hideous granny panties, and then you go back to someone's house and you're like, oh, shit, I'm wearing these hideous yeah. granny panties. Like, it just, I don't know, it feels very real in a way that I think keeps it from feeling overly romantic comedy schlocky. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's definitely more authentic. I think that's actually why I kind of am, I gravitate towards it a little bit more. Yeah. I like both of the movies, but... I would wholeheartedly disagree that it's more authentic, but... Well, I, I know that's a broad... I know that's a kind of a blanket statement to call the movie more authentic, but the parts that I... Just I, the situation, all the crap she gets into is just so piled up. And I love Bridget Jones, and I... Of these two, Renee Zellweger and Bridget Jones, I prefer to Notting Hill as a, as a whole. But Well, you lost, know. so... Let's I did. Bridget it. Jones moved on. <laughs> Next... <laughs> Uh, next we had The Philadelphia Story beat out Knocked Up. That goes up against Sleepless in Seattle, which beat out oh. The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, I voted for The Wedding Singer. You did? Um, because I actually find Sleepless in Seattle a bit overrated. Well, I find you quite overrated. I think overrated. that whole setup is really dumb, and I have a hard time... With romantic comedies oh. where the people never even meet until the end. Like, face-to-face. Face. Yeah. Like, I need, we're going to talk about it later, His Girl Friday, but, like, I need banter. I need some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. And it's really a love story between a boy and a grown woman. It's <laughs> <laughs> the love, the classic is, romantic comedy between a... It's a fair point. Ten-year-old boy and a grown-ass woman. <laughs> Over the radio. No, thank you. So I'm going to vote for Philadelphia Story. Fair enough. I am going to vote Sleepless in Seattle. I love Sleepless in Seattle. I love performances and aspects of the Philadelphia Story, but I find that to be pretty overrated. It is, but I really would prefer it over Sleepless in Seattle. Touche. Okay. Um, <laughs> Once again, it's to you to tie. We're not. Yeah, I know. I. I mean, let's be real. Sleepless in Seattle gets my vote, but Ugh. the Philadelphia Story is is brilliant. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent movie. Um, I want to go on the record because we're on the World Wide Web. We are, and I want to say Wide. that I still feel horrible about this time in college when I borrowed the Philadelphia story from one of my best friends, Jill Surmeyer. And it, at, at the time, I think it was her favorite movie, maybe still is, I don't know, one of. I borrowed it, we watched it, Matt and I watched it, and then I just like neglected it on top of the DVD player, so it got all dusty and probably scratched and who knows what. So, I apologize, Jill. <laughs> I mean, that sounds show. really insincere, but I really do apologize. <laughs> it honestly really bothers me. Anyway. Um, I think I think the Cine Drunk podcast is obviously the place for us to air. I think that should just be a new recurring yeah, segment this is of like, our podcast. Okay, I'm not Catholic. I'm, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to go anywhere near a priest, let's be honest. <laughs> so, here's my confession. <laughs> You got it. So, anyway, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> you, you can't get better than a houseboat in Seattle. 
a radio show. You have a mention of Duluth, Minnesota, which we're Minnesotans here. We understand whenever someone mentions Minnesota. We get excited. We get real excited. I mean, so, I also love when little boys talk to grown women on the phone and then the women decide the boy to fly across so country and cute, stalk and the man the, they've never and seen. And Rosie or O'Donnell, I think. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is yes, Gabby Hoffman? Isn't it? What? Is Gabby Hoffman? Oh my God, she's Gabby the girl. Yes. Yes. Oh. oh, Gabby. Done. I mean, it does get a little point for me. For Done. Me. <laughs> when they're in those chairs, was, those ridiculous I that, chairs. I was in that movie as a child. <laughs> they're sitting in those ridiculous chairs, hatching up this plan to buy a, t- a plane ticket. That's pure gold. For, for listeners who don't know me, so romantic. I am Gabby Hoffman's doppelganger. That's true. Well, you used to be. I used to be. I'm less so now. Yeah. Although I looked like Gabby Hoffman the other day, this is a total tangent, but my hair was like real crazy. I woke up in the morning and I went in and my hair was really crazy and big and I was like, oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting that Gabby back. your eyebrows went though. I know. Yeah. I'm also, we're, I'll let him go. We're watching Transparent, so we're used to Gabby with really short hair. So right. that's a okay, so change I'll cut from my you. Hair. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, just do that. I mean, what better reason than like for me to just associate you with Gabby Hoffman? I think that's a great. Okay. Great. And sleepless in Seattle moves on. <laughs> Gabby Hoffman. Uh, next. Apologies, Jill. <laughs> next we had uh, Groundhog Day narrowly beat out. There's something about Mary, uh, only because Groundhog Day we didn't necessarily think of as as just a romance or a romantic comedy. Um, versus the forty-year-old virgin, which knocked out the classic, the African Queen, which Nathan called bullshit. <laughs> It's I, I call bullshit. And I co-sign. I, I mean, no. <laughs> that movie is so... It's not so bad. It's just not good. It's not particularly good, but it's it has so many elements that I love about romantic comedies. It's I mean, just it must two have been, actors. You put them together. They have insane chemistry. I do not think they, they have insane chemistry. Oh they do not have insane chemistry. Yes, they do. No. They yes, have they insane... Do. I want to stop watching this. No. Wrinkles. Are you this. kidding me? <laughs> you are both blind. And then put them, put those two actors in this oh, ridiculous we got situation. Oh, let's keep going. Oh, there's another white water rapids. Oh, oh, we're going <laughs> to die. Oh, there's a war going on. Oh, oh, now we're going to get shot. Oh. I mean, that's the extent of the movie. I'm sorry, place. spoiler alert, a little bit retroactively, but no. Just no. Fine. Well, it didn't move on anyway. Forty-year-old virgin beat that. So Groundhog Day versus forty-year-old virgin. Forty-year-old virgin, because it's more of a mm. it's more of a romantic comedy because of Steve Carell's performance, and it doesn't have Andy McDowell. <laughs> oh, I really, Andy. I, full disclosure, I really detest Andy McDowell and As Groundhog Day. While I like it only because of Bill Murray, the only reason it really moved on for me is because I really can't stand it. Some there's something about Mary. I think it's just so, I, that particular brand of humor is just not mine at all. Especially not if I want a romance. Like in the odd case, odd time that I might be in the mood for a body sort of humor, there's nothing appealing about the love story in that. Fine, you've stated your case. Uh, I, once again, I'm good. we just keep disagreeing and mm-hmm. then leave it to Nathan to break the tie. I'm, I have to stick with Groundhog Day. Not only is it the better movie, but I... I think both Groundhog Day and Forty Year Old Virgin, I remember 
most not because of the love stories. Even though 40-Year-Old Virgin is definitely more integral. What? Nathan's giving a... A girl what? Look. <laughs> you just keep talking. I'm going to. Dig your grave. He always does. I mean, the <laughs> Groundhog Day in the end is he's trying to be better and better and better each recurring day to woo Annie McDowell, who I normally don't love. She's a No, she is much better in that film than like Four toast. Weddings and a Funeral, which we'll get <laughs> we'll get to Four Weddings and a Funeral in a second, but she basically ruins that movie. And she's just fine in, in Groundhog Day. Fine. She ruins every movie. <laughs> now, not to give, Catherine Keener, not so to give more shout-outs, but to give more shout-outs. <laughs> my former co-workers, Akiko and Scarlett, mm-hmm. if they're by any chance in hell listening, which they're not, but oh, I thought you were saying there by any chance in hell. I was like, oh, no, this is they, going real dark they, I, I mean, they're two of the most brilliant people I've ever met. Not, I mean, not kidding, seriously. And they are both, if I recall correctly, I think they're both very anti Andy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Which I respect them for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I also respect them because they come up at work. Yeah, well, I do actually. I don't mean that at all sarcastically. Who discusses? I think four weddings and a funeral was like the main like crime that she committed, but also (laughs) Groundhog Day was significant. Oh, those hair! The L'Oreal is it? Yeah, yeah, one of those L'Oreal Paris. It's really sad because I don't really love the forty-year-old virgin, but I that is totally getting my vote. Um, and you know why. Andy McDowell. <laughs> it all comes down to Andy McDowell. Uh, Alright, 40-Year-Old Virgin moves on. Next we had uh, It Happened One Night, classic uh, Capra film, beat out 500 Days of Summer, versus uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, which beat out While You Were Sleeping. Which I have to, once again... Stick up for while you were sleeping, which Nathan hasn't even seen. It's so good. Right. It's not. It which is. maybe it's if great. I had seen, I would it's have. Very funny. To be fair, I love the premise. I love Sandra Bullock. I love Bill Pullman. But there's just something about that movie that hasn't held up. Like the humor in it just isn't as funny. I don't know. She's so charming. He's she so is, charming. Yeah. But and when you have that only, versus my best only, friend's and wedding, that's the only no Sandra contest. Bullock that you guys let me put on there. The funny is no longer funny. You heard it here first. <laughs> Hot off the presses. Um, all right. It happened one night versus my best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding only because that to me is like rom-com of my childhood. I remember saying it was what, 95? 97. 96? 97. Okay. So I was 12 and I saw it with my family. I thought it was so good. The say a little prayer scene. Oh, it's oh, yes. I love the fact that for once she actually doesn't actually end up with the guy. It's like she perfect. has to do the right thing and ends up with her like gay best friend mm-hmm. or whatever went off the deep end afterwards, but he's so great in it. I mean, really, I could watch that movie right now and be happy as a clam. Oh, since it's... we're all happy clams here. Clam. <laughs> Content clams all around. This is really difficult for me. These are basically like number one and number two. Like, if I had to boil all these 32 films down, they would probably end up as one and two. 
but I got it. Sucks. It does suck that they come up <laughs> right up against each other. Was that sarcasm? I tried to. No. <laughs> I mean, it was sincere, but it sounded not. <laughs> I'm gonna defer to you to go first because I I don't know well, what you're gonna I'll say. Well, I'll help you out. I I mean, it's it's totally unfair, but I haven't seen oh. it happen one night. Um, still, even if I had seen it, even if it was, um, beyond my expectations, I think I would go for my best friend's wedding because I think of all the rom-coms that came out in the nineties, which I think is like the golden era of rom-coms. It's the one that rises above. Even, even if in certain technical ways, it's not perfect, but it, it explores so many more angles of romance than so many other I mean it's like really sad yeah and I love that no the ending yeah. is what really tops it like it's like sad throughout and sad at the end yeah it's, it's so smart yeah it's it's, it's it's great it's also really lovely you know I, I said this a little bit about Bridget Jones too but it's really lovely to have the lead character of a romantic comedy not fall into these like sad tropes which is either like she's so successful and so about her work that she doesn't have time for men right. or the she's a mess who like <laughs> is going and falls she over she drops her books shows, on the floor I mean Mindy Kaling really has the best thing in her book about the romantic comedy and how it's basically like another form of science fiction <laughs> so she has like all the different tropes and one of them is like the insanely skinny lead who just is a filthy pig and shovels her <laughs> face with food and it's all of the people right and all of the people are in collusion with her where they're like oh you're such a disgusting pig eating all this food and they're like meanwhile like you can see her ribs through her dress <laughs> <laughs> Again, everyone should just read that chapter. We'll just read her book. When you can, this book is great. Um, but I appreciate that, like Julia Roberts does have her life basically together. Like she's successful in her career, yep. but not to a point where she's like so focused and cold and blah blah. Like she she doesn't def- like really fit into she's any of those stereotypes. And she becomes really unlikable. She just oh really- yeah horrible things in the movie and I appreciate a movie giving us a heroine where we get to see her be like not a good person right. because that never happens and she gets her comeuppance for it she doesn't right. succeed or win from being a horrible and you are person. rooting for her but you're also not right. it's really right yeah. and Cameron Diaz right. love and she's, she's actually, like total diss but, kind of a caricature but it's perfect right but she's so likable and naturally like charming that you, you kind of can't help but also, like, not want her to get screwed over. Right. And then there's a nice moment of them, and you know, sort of bonding over stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's great. Oh, show. But it happened one night. Props to you. Yeah. You just... Screw well done. Next, uh... God, I, I hesitate to even say that when Harry met Sally, lost out to 10 Things I Hate About I You. I don't hesitate. I don't understand either of their... <laughs> Like, it all came down Sally. to Bernard the Elf from the Santa Claus. <laughs> Being in 10 Things I Hate About You. And if I didn't have this insane pubescent attraction to Bernard the Elf, <laughs> I maybe could have been swayed to the other, to when Harry to the other movie. Well, I love 10 Things I Hate About You, even with Julia Stiles. It's her most tolerable 
And there's so many other great (laughs) Congrats. Gold star. There's so many other great things. I mean He's the least unlikable in this movie. Heath Ledger is so charismatic. And that was the first time really seeing him in anything, and he was such a surprise. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It has Bernard the Elf, and I would definitely rather watch the three of them literally, like, eat a pizza <laughs> than watch Billy Crystal do anything romantic, because oh, no. he is a goblin. <laughs> no, and then you're saying that, like, people that aren't traditionally attractive no, no, no. or I'm not, because not necessarily charming can't have their romantic comedy not at Meg all Rome. because I support this I mean I support Seth Rogen in Knocked Up good, good debate I, su- I support um what's his face I'm forgetting Sarah Marshall like Jason there are plenty Sarah. and you I have weird crushes Seth, I think Seth Rogen can... is hot though I mean wait what <laughs> okay, okay. I guess I'm the only one. But I just mean you can hardly accuse me of being someone who like only I would say likes Billy traditionally Crystal is right handsome. Right on the same level as Seth Rogen. They're attractive. You know what bothers in me their youth. is that the orgasm scene has become this like yeah. everything. Yeah. But we watch the movie and it's not everything. Yeah, well, okay. No, that's that's fair. That's a fair argument. But to me, that's why the movie has has garnered so much attention over time. Um, and it's whatever. Oh, women have orgasms. Woo! Who knew? <laughs> Fake orgasms. Fake orgasms. Yeah. Right. I mean, I that guess was, I. Do. I mean, the I whole film experience, I, but. Uh, it's so specific, but it's also so universal in that the whole like thesis of it is can men and women really just be friends? I think we're the proof of that. Well, <laughs> that works for other reasons that might not have worked for Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Except for the fact that it, when I say Billy Crystal is a goblin, I should be more specific. <laughs> I don't mean because... What type of, of goblin? I don't mean specifically it's not because really of what looks. he looks like. No, I mean his He's actual... Demeanor, his voice, the energy he puts out is like asexual. If I were a guy and I was like trying not to get a boner, I would think of Billy Crystal. <laughs> it's positively Green Gods. It's Billy Crystal. Positively Green Yes. He is. Yes. No, I think that's kind of how it works though, because you, at the beginning of the film, you're not really like rooting for them as a couple but i never come and around to it nor are and, you I find him, yes. and i find him so annoying through the whole thing and she's really annoying they're both needy. they deserve each other yeah but like in a way that yeah but who wants to watch i mean i would watch <laughs> saddam like, hussein deserves <laughs> <safe>. <laughs> <laughs> i'd watch like duck dynasty if i wanted to watch <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> You've already used bullshit to describe the African. Anyways, I don't know why we're talking. Yeah, about we haven't lost. even. Okay, so it lost. Ten things I hate about you is now up against Annie Hall, which beat out Love Actually, which was a little close, but Love Actually oh, no. was like a final four finalist really in our close. holiday. Yeah. Film. I think it was the final two, right? It might have been. I don't even. It was Love Actually in um, Home Alone. Oh, that sounds sounds accurate. Um, Annie Hall versus Ten Things I Hate About You, Annie Hall. Yeah. I'm, oh, I was going to say I'm going first, but again, I'm third. Sorry. Sorry. Annie Hall. Okay. Yeah, well, well we all did I think we were all going to say the same name. I know. Thankfully, a moment of 
agreements. Uh, next, that's that's a thing. <laughs> agreements. Agreements. Oh goodness, elderflower, old fashioned. Uh, His Girl Friday beat out Forgetting Sarah Marshall versus As Good as It Gets, which beat out Four Weddings and a Funeral. Which, Ugh. if you've been listening, really just if you have Andy McDowell, you're bound to lose. If you have David Crumholz, aka Bernard the Elf, you're bound to win yep. with this crew. I'm really going good. First. Yeah, go ahead. His Girl Friday versus As Good As It Gets. Absolutely His Girl Friday. Well, I would like to say first off um, that just to stick up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall I think is a really great contemporary, more recent entrance mm-hmm. into the um, romantic comedy. Unfortunately, came up against His Girl Friday, so I had no chance. But it's very funny. It's very good. It's very charming. Um, I, for as good as it gets, and Four Weddings and the Funeral, it was a little bit like deciding between... It was Sophie's choice. I mean, yeah, let's like, be real. Well, now her... She, breast cancer and ovarian Oh, <laughs> yeah. She, okay. I love them both, but she... Sophie's was, anti-choice. Actually, that's not true. I actually really like Four... I actually really like Four Weddings and a Funeral, except for the, all the Andy McDowell parts. I think all of the stuff with his friends are <laughs> super charming. So I actually do like that movie. Just Andy McDowell's automatic breast cancer. But I feel like there's a better chance of being able to, like, cut that out and be okay. Whereas ovarian cancer is, like, deep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is really offensive, and I don't mean it to be. <laughs> cancer is not funny at all. People in my family have, like, struggled with cancer, so I take that back. But I will say that I loathe as good as it gets. I can't with Jack Nicholson, like, late in life Jack Nicholson. I can't deal with it. I can't with Helen Hunt in that movie. <gasps> I can't believe she won the Oscar for that. That whole movie is so tedious to me. I would rather stick a needle in my eye than have oh. to watch it again. So, that having been said, His Girl Friday most certainly wins. Also, it's an amazing movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, His Girl Friday moves on, and I would also vote for it, but I I, I don't hate Andy McDowell and Four Weddings and a Funeral until you get to the very (laughs) end, and that fucking line, is it raining? I hadn't noticed. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's just a bad line to end the movie on, but the way she delivers it is... Atrocious, right, and she, she has hasn't no been, idea what she's doing. No, and she hasn't been that bad throughout the rest because of it. Because they give so her no like, dialogue. <laughs> that's probably just look pretty with your L'Oreal. Which they knew what they were doing, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but it's just that. Then why entrust her with the last line of the movie? Come on. Otherwise, that movie's pretty great. But I, I do love as good as it gets. It's really populist and down the middle. But I, it's down the middle of the toilet. <laughs> Whatever, it lost anyway. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think, meanders. I think it's a little too long, and it's not it as is. focused as some of the other it ones. Is. But His Girl Friday, I mean, that screenplay is incredible. Just the, the rapid fire, the banter, the chemistry, yeah. the overlapping dialogue, with the fact that it was made in 1940, and, and it holds up like none other. Also, one of the best heroines ever in a romantic comedy. Oh. I mean, Rosalind Russell is... For sure. She's the best one I've ever seen. The coolest. And she spends the whole thing in, like, an awesome menswear suit <laughs> and, like, schooling all the boys. All those scenes with her reporter. just, like, just decimating all those male reporters and in that movie, room. And then we, like, focuses on her. She just doesn't give any shits right. about anything. She gives zero fucks. She has zero fucks <laughs> to give, and she's 
Rosalind Russell for She the literally jumps and tackles a man in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dives and Dives. tackles. <laughs> the greatest. Yeah. And another woman throws herself out of window. <laughs> I was not expecting that whatsoever, and yet it's Which, still again, kind of it says something that this is now my third time having seen this movie, and I didn't even remember that happened. <laughs> because Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant are so... And he is so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, all of his yeah. business and the scene with the fiance when they go to lunch, like, his, it's so, yeah, that's The dim-witted, <laughs> overweight guy that comes <laughs> in to deliver the party. Yeah. <laughs> so good. If you haven't seen Who, him. Who, by the way, it reminds me of... Um, Andy Maggie. McDowell? No. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of Maggie Smith's butler. Oh, yeah. In, or, um, I don't know if he's the butler. Oh, Spratt. He's, Spratt. He's whatever. Yeah, I think whatever. he's the butler. The yeah. butler in... Yeah, undone. Yeah, I totally see it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen His Girl Friday, it's on uh, Netflix right now. Instant, check it out. It beats as good as it gets. Uh, our last matchup to move on to our Elite Eight. Uh, we had you've got mail beat, Pretty Woman. Yeah, whatever. Buddy. No apologies. And then in what was one of the toughest decisions for me the apartment narrowly edged out 13 going on 30 that is hard. judge judge away but i love 13 going on 30. i love 13 going on 30 i think it's great I but i also not. love the apartment yeah no the apartment is great i still maintain it's more of a comedy than a rom-com which is why right now i'm going to vote for you've got mail which full disclosure is one of my favorite like that you've got mail will probably be in my top two Oh. Of romantic comedies. I love You've Got Mail. It's my favorite Meg Ryan. Tom Hanks is so great. They have great banter together. I do love the whole, like, I do love my rom-com sometimes that have the, like, pride and prejudice. They hate each other and then yeah. they love each other. But this one feels more organically done than others of mm-hmm. that genre. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand why they don't like each other, but then you also, even from the beginning, see, like, why they will. Right, and why they're... Meant to be. Right. It's just really, it has a great supporting cast. It has Steve Zahn. I always support Steve Zahn. From Mm -hmm. Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it beats Pretty Woman because I can't with Richard Gere and his Oh, he is so attractive. What are you talking about? He's such a My Little Pony. (laughs) He, I see him and I just see like sex effects. Like, you just know if you got it's stuck like... with him in an elevator, he would, like, I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> really like, just going wow. for it on this podcast. When I was a little boy and I stole My Little Ponies to play with and I brushed their hair just a little too hard and it got a little static, that's Richard Gere. <laughs> also, I just can't with the whole, like... Sex worker with a heart of gold. Yeah, it's 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 so insulting to women. I think it's just so. And the idea that we just needed like a rich guy who's not at all a douchebag, even though he hires prostitutes. Yeah, I can't. Sure, it's got its problems, but the performances elevate that movie to no. Agreed. She's so good. Agreed. She's super charming. And Hector Elizondo. And um. What's the, her, her friend's name who then was on Just Shoot Me? She's yeah, great. it's Laura San Giacomo. She's great. But I just, I always go back to fourth grade when we had to write book reports. And on one Pretty of, Woman. One of, the book, <laughs> one of the book reports was really um, the 
criteria were really lax, so we could write it on a movie, I guess. And one of my classmates wrote it on Pretty Woman. Oh my god. And she used the word hooker in her book report in fourth grade, and it was a scandal to beat all scandals. Front page news. Front page news in the Aiken Independent Age. It was, oh my Fourth gosh. grader uses oh the word hooker gosh. in his book hooker. report. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no, she would have been expelled, but there was no other school. Oh, sure. Oh. So. The most smartest. What you going to do? Well, you know, her parents really It was a real man. gotcha moment. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where, where we are. Where are we? Where are we? <laughs> okay, sorry, guys, bye. We're on the You've Got Mail versus the apartment. Elizabeth this voted for You've Got are... Mail. Holy crap. I, oh, this is really hard for me. I, mm. Again, the apartment. These are about equal for me. The apartment's so, so, so good. Just not, yeah, what I, if I were in the mood for a romantic comedy, I wouldn't think the apartment. If I were in the mood for a great classic, if I were in the mood for like an acting powerhouse, if I were in the mood for a comedy, I'd pick the apartment. Are, you, are we to understand that you vote for You've Got Mail? Yes, I just, yeah. <laughs> that has been I'll stated. stop, I'll stop. I I honestly, I have to go with You've Got Mail very reluctantly because I do, I love the apartment. As do I. I love it. But I think Brizzy's, that would be Elizabeth's (laughs) points, ring true. They do. I mean, the romantic... Romantic comedy aspects of the apartment are, and I think partially just because it's from 1960, but it's less about like the meat cute and there's obstacles. It's just like, isn't there like attempted suicide? Isn't she like really depressed? And yeah, that's okay. No, it is. I don't know. It's just more. It has more on its mind. It's a little more serious. But there's more going on. Yeah. Right. Right. It's less about just put these two characters together in some. Right. Which again is why I just, as much as I love that movie, it's not one if I'm like, ooh, I want to eat some chunky monkey or whatever. <laughs> ice cream. I don't even know what oh, plane that is. <laughs> Does it have peanuts? I'm not even able to eat that. But <laughs> it has Andy McDowell in it. If I, but if I wanted to just like curl up and watch a rom com, I wouldn't pick the apartment. Fair enough. Okay. You've got mail moves on. So we have our Elite Eight set. Let's figure out our final four. Clueless versus Bridget Jones Diary. Oh, no. Clueless for me, 100%. I think Clueless. I concur. It's it's tough, but it's definitely Clueless. Yeah, I think even if Notting Hill had beat Bridget Jones, I'd still say Clueless. Yeah, but it didn't. (laughs) I know. I know it did not. Clueless (laughs) it is. Next, uh, Sleepless in Seattle versus the 40 Year Old Virgin. For me, it's 150,000% Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, for sure. Boom. How do you like them apples, Chris? I Bruce? mean, I have to admit that it would be 40 Year Old Virgin um, in the context of this thing, but I just really, I mean. Next. Like Carol the model. You admitted it. An older woman and a young boy fall in love. <laughs> Not true. Oh, this is tough. My best friend's wedding, Annie Hall. Ah! Oh my god. Oh no! Okay, this calls for some philosophical 
discussion. Discussion and reflection. We also okay. haven't really talked about Anne Hall that much on the podcast. That's I true. think this really comes down to what each of us considers a romantic comedy. Okay. Like how we define yeah. romantic comedy. Because these are both classics. My best friends would. I mean, any hall. That end exactly as they should. Any hall, probably, like, arguably, technically a better movie, but My Best Friend's Wedding, the pinnacle of what our generation, at least, would consider rom com. Right. But, ooh. Also, while My Best Friend's Wedding sort of defies certain conventions of the genre, Annie Hall has a lot on its mind. Like, Annie, I don't know. Annie Hall has a lot to say, actually, about, like, relationships and understanding what you get out of a relationship and then also understanding that that doesn't mean... <laughs> yeah. Scout agrees with me. She does. She trilled and ran on our I think this is actually a great matchup because yeah. both so of these too. are quite... I mean, Annie Hall's obviously complex i mean it it's a little more apparently complex right. my best friend's wedding is also more um has a lot more going on than it than might, it might seem. seem but it's right. still packaged but, in a in a hollywood or glossier right definitely which is why it's probably more than it might seem but i am officially voting for annie hall i think it edges out my best friend's wedding in terms of what kind of what Elizabeth was saying, what it says about the human condition and relationships. I think it, it speaks a little bit more to lived experience, but I just said a whole lot of nothing, but (laughs) I mean, certainly I agree. And I love both of these movies, but when, when I think of romantic comedies, I hesitate to include Annie Hall for some reason. And My Best Friend's Wedding, to me, is like the best example of... And it, and it doesn't have like, you know, you don't see their, their meet-cute and all of those cliches, but it still has all those cliches while making them work because of the performances, because of sort of subverting some of those things. Obviously, you know, the best friend is, is a gay man, not like her chubby best friend that you don't care about as much and she doesn't end up with him. But it's also like, and I guess it's because you have the Rupert Everett character, but it's not like they needed to introduce another male just to be like, oh, she needs her happy ending. That's (laughs) not what it's concerned about. And it still is kind of a happy ending. Like she's still young. She has her shit together and he's got his, his Cameron Diaz. They're good. I, I, I have to vote My Best Friend's Wedding. And I, and I think and hope that My Best Friend's Wedding is considered a, a great movie years from now. Yeah. Because it is. I think it totally is. And it was so yeah. underrated at the time. Right. Well, I think, because I didn't, I didn't actually vote. I think I was just, I think if I made the same argument with The Apartment, I have to do the same here, which is that if I want to curl up and just, because also Annie Hall, it's funny, but it's not like, super consistently joke, laugh out loud, funny in a way that I think my best friend's wedding is. It is, but there's then it's a lot also, there. But yeah, there's but also it, a lot of like, some of it is more like observational humor, which is funny, but in a more cerebral way. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just different. And I say this with like Annie Hall probably being in my top 
10 movies of all time. Right. Um, but for a rom-com, I think I would want My Best Friend's Wedding. I agree. That was rough. That could have been like our final two. Like yeah. that was yeah. that was tough. It probably should be. Well, let's just call it. Let's just call <laughs> it off. <laughs> let's, let's call the whole thing off. Tomato, tomato. My best friend's wedding narrowly moves on. Um, last to make our final four is it His Girl Friday or You've Got Mail? <laughs> this to me is not as difficult. I say His Girl Friday, and I do really like You've Got Mail, but it's also the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan peak to me, is Sleepless in Seattle, not You've Got Mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan don't even <laughs> communicate <laughs> in Sleepless in Seattle. There are plenty of romantic comedy tropes that are, they are that both, they don't. Technically, they are both in the movie. That's what makes it so romantic. Screen together. Right, because it's you projecting how good they could be. Have you and even been to like, the Empire State ugh, Building? Do you ugh. know how romantic that place is? I have been Not there. at all. It's not romantic. <laughs> yeah, okay. You have to wait in line for two hours before you. Even not go if on. you go late at night and convince the guards to leave the right before it closes. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. I'd rather the Chris Messina, Mindy yeah. Kaling, Mindy Project. I'm just going to talk about the Mindy Project and Mindy Kaling for the <laughs> right. rest of this podcast. <laughs> His girlfriend, for me. Okay. Um... I'm voting for His Girl Friday. I am a little bit biased for sure because I've seen it more recently. Just now? <laughs> As in tonight. Um, <laughs> then you've got mail. But I also think... I, I mean... Well, you also think I Shop was, Around the Corner is better than you've got mail. I do, and I was mesmerized by just even the technical proficiency of the line readings in mm-hmm. in um, His Girl Friday. His Girl Friday, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, I mean, so funny. Yeah. So, like, laying the foundation Classic. for so much that comes after. It deserves the vote. Well, I was. I think I'd probably also ultimately go with His Girl Friday only because, again, if for no other reason, Rosalind fucking Russell is <laughs> the best thing the shit. in the world. She's so good in that movie. Um, I guess I just feel more conflicted than I probably would or should because I think You've Got Mail is far superior to Sleepless in Seattle, So, which makes me sad. And You've Got Mail is one of my favorite contemporary um, rom-coms. That would be one like that, My Best Friend's Wedding, Bridget Jones's Diary, Clueless, like those are the ones that I will re-watch. Yep. Um, I also, oh no, I lost it because one of their cats is sitting here purring and it's really cute yeah. and it's distracting me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also, yeah, I just don't really like Sleeps in Seattle. So I, I also realized just now that we didn't include another one of my favorite rom-coms, Uh-oh. which again is totally just a product of really its time and the fact that I freaking love Michelle Pfeiffer. But I love One Fine Day. What? I love it. No. Yes, I do. I will acknowledge it's not good, but I love it. The so only one that I hesitate that would be like my absolute number one is Broadcast News because it's... Yes, it's funny, and yes, there's romance in it, but I don't necessarily consider it a romantic comedy. But I well, I think Holly Hunter would say it's really more about Noosh first. 
It is. She's all about news. And then it's a little bit of a romantic comedy, but you know, <laughs> Holly Hunter doesn't make just regular <laughs> romantic comedy. <laughs> she sure doesn't. Thanks, Holly, for your, your input. Sure, man. Uh, but yeah, there were lots of things that didn't, didn't get included. Uh, so let's... many. No Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had to narrow down the Sandy Bullock. Yeah. Too many. Too many to name. Hard, hard. Our final four includes Clueless, Sleepless in Seattle, My Best Friend's Wedding, and His Girl Friday. Making our finals, is it Clueless or Sleepless in Seattle? Clueless, please, Clueless. Sleepless in Seattle. Well, uh, no. Clueless, Paul freaking Rudd. I know, I know, I know. It's, and uh, it's funnier. And the two leads actually talk to each other. I, I think Sleepless in Seattle is really funny, too. And I love the whole, I love Rita Wilson and, is it Rosie O'Donnell? No, go <laughs> And they're sitting there at the table and they're discussing. And they're crying. Yeah. And then the men. movie because that's what us women do. We but then the men do the same and they're talking about like, like Rudy or something. I don't even remember. Ugh. No. It's good. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I'm going to say Sleepless in Seattle, (gasps) and I hate to do this to Elizabeth. I can't. But I really don't care. Um, (laughs) I'm taking Scout with me. It was so much more fundamental to my upbringing. Than Clueless? Than Clueless. Oh, Clueless was like my life. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I could quote that. I could reenact that. The next podcast will just be me putting <laughs> on a one-woman <laughs> radio performance Matt, of Clueless. Matt can attest that I still want to live in a houseboat. It's true. And that why? comes from Sleepers in Seattle. Sleepers in Seattle. <laughs> and I still want to marry Paul Rudd. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, wow. This is tough, but when I think romantic comedy... I think Sleepless in Seattle before I think I hate you. I can't believe this isn't our final two. This movie is such a piece of shit. This made our finals. This, I mean, it should... I I vote for Sleepless in Seattle, but I am really voting for When Harry Met Sally oh, because God. how is that not in our finals? Ugh, whatever. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and joining it in our finals, will it be My Best Friend's Wedding or His Girl Friday? Oh. I'm definitely going to say my best friend's wedding. Silence. Uh, Crickets. Crickets. What do you say, Nathan? Because we keep making you go third. I haven't decided. I just feel so strong. (laughs) I I really like His Girl Friday, obviously. And I love the script, but it's also... I would just like to say, first off, before we continue... For our dear listeners, as Nathan would say, as creepily as possible, <laughs> that when we were when we were compiling the list and we were looking at other people's lists of like top romantic comedies and his girlfriend kept going up, neither Matt nor Nathan had seen this movie, and I said, This is the one we must watch. It has mm-hmm. to be on our on our bracket. You guys have to see it, and we just watched it. So if nothing else, even though Sleepless in Seattle made it to the final two and I feel dead inside, <laughs> I do feel a sense of pride that I have Victory. introduced you and insisted you watch His Girl Friday. Oh, it was on the, I mean, it was going to be that or Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles, which I haven't and seen this either is much somehow. much more beneficial. Yeah, I mean, for and sure. Rosalind Russell. 
Amen. She's everything. Um, it's now my best friend's wedding. Having said that, I'm going to go with my best friend's wedding. One, because it has such nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. Again, that's like one of my classic rom-coms that I'd always be in the mood to watch. And also, His Girl Friday has so much other stuff happening in it. Because actually, Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant share very few scenes together. Right. Yeah, that was And for a big stretch of the film, they're apart. And for a big stretch of the film, it's really just focusing on her. Which I love as a film, but there's not... And then they have like kind of a chaste kiss at the end, and then they walk out together in a funny way, but you know... Which I know my best friend's wedding also doesn't have a payoff of like a happy ending, but it just, I don't know. It feels like it's more about their story. Yeah. So I guess oh. your vote doesn't matter, but what, no, what you got to not. say? When does it? Excuse me, I gave you a <laughs> Actually, chance. Actually, it always does. I gave um, you a chance and you didn't take normally it. Normally it has for this particular bracket, but... Um, I would also ultimately have to go with my best friend's wedding narrowly. Um, which, if anything, for me is a compliment to his girl Friday. Because <laughs> I think... It's better than just a rom-com. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Which I would especially say now that one of our final two is a piece of graphic. I well, one of our three syndrome like to call out Elizabeth <laughs> because I think she voted for be- my best friend's wedding in part because she's smart enough to think strategically. <laughs> and that's she true. Sure and his girl Friday went up doesn't want to sleep this in Seattle. The you know what's so funny is that looking back at our past brackets, though, <laughs> it's like my probably number one blockbuster movie of all time is Jurassic Park and it won. Probably my favorite horror movie is Scream and it won. <laughs> Home Alone would definitely time. be in my top two, top four and it won. So it's probably only fair that... Yeah, these racks have been complete bullshit for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Home Alone was... was right. Really yeah, you got your Home And I can't, I can't not... Jurassic Park. Well, I vote for the African Queen. <laughs> we should do, you know what we should do later is we should do a bullshit bracket where it's like, this movie is most so overrated. Big yeah. yeah. hate that bullshit. The Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> Steve did us. <laughs> um, okay, so what's, what is our winner? Sleepless in Seattle or My Best Friend's Wedding? I think I know which way you're going, Elizabeth, um, but it's just because I can read your mind. As much as I love a love story between a 12-year-old and a stalker, I'm going to go with My Best Friend's Wedding. <laughs> a 12-year-old and a stalker. <laughs> um, that would be if I were writing the synopsis on IMDb. This might actually surprise you. Dear listeners. If you vote for Sweetest in Seattle, I'm going to punch in your face. I have to, I mean, I have to stay true to myself. There have been many times, in, listen, <laughs> there have oh been God, many times in my life when I have not been able to be, to be, to be, to speak English, to be true <laughs> to myself. And one of these times is not going to be tonight. So... I'm, I have to say Sleepless in Seattle, but no. it's not even really for any other reason than that we had it taped on a VHS tape. Like, I understand. Like for me, it was a it was a 
pivotal moment in my life when I watched that. And Gabby Hoffman, come on. No, Gabby, you know I love Gabby. Mother She's my doppelganger, especially at that point in her life. We looked the same when we were children. But here's my other problem with romantic comedy, especially since it's so often sort of in the minds of culture and pop culture shoved as a woman's genre mm -hmm. and movies for women. Chick flicks. Chick flicks. Yep. I find her character in Sleepless in Seattle such drivel, such a weak, such a stat, like all the things that, mm. you know, like MRA websites write about what women are like or what her character are, is. Like, I don't, there's nothing about me that either wants to be her or that relates to her or that mm. anything. Whereas Isn't my best. Nora Ephraim? What? Isn't it a Nora Ephraim? I don't scripture? know, but if it is, it's shocking to me because. Maybe it's Pretty sure I think it is. I think just yeah. you've got me, Liz. But I don't know. But No, I'm pretty sure it is. Well, then I, Nora was like smoking crack at that point. <laughs> or she decided to write one where she decided to make the children the most identifiable people in the film. <laughs> Which is why I can't vote for it because I don't like her. Like, I don't like her character. There's nothing about her. Whereas, like, Julia Roberts is an interesting female. It's one that you don't often see in women's movies. She's so much more charming, and she's so much more in charge of her destiny. Yeah. Sleepless in Seattle is so much about, like, fate and dreams and wishes and talking to children on the phone and then flying out to <laughs> Seattle. You know? Like, I just hate her so much. I think that's what my ultimate, like, response to this movie is so passionately against it, is because for a genre that is actually one where they allow women to be on screen and to be main characters... I want to have a likable, interesting role, not what people... I saw that you wrote something, and I don't know what it is. So just anyways, that's my final impassion plea. I know you're going to say this in Seattle. This just in, Nora Ephron co-wrote Slips in Seattle Wait. and directed it. Oh. Huh. Well. But that, I mean, that doesn't... That's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. opinion is still... Herpes. Especially because I 100% vote my best friend's wedding. Yes. And this is, oh I mean, of these 32, <laughs> and of all of these classics, even Annie Hall, um, it happened one night, I would vote my best friend's wedding every time. Oh, you lucky little porcupine. Hey, I finally got, I mean, you saw where the exorcist went. Oh, I know. Sleep well tonight. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what I'm complaining. Thank you. Thank and God. And when Harry met Sally, had to lose out in the first round, so at least my best friend's wedding Good. makes it to the end. That is consoling to me. Because, again, I will just say, I know I just went on a long rant, but for a genre that is often shoved off for women, I would much rather have someone, a female lead that I enjoy and like, and also feels like the fucking lead. Yeah. Not a co-lead, not, it's not about really the men, the men it's about her. Right. That's very true. And, and it's better I agree, upon reflection especially, like this is something I would never have noticed at the time, and it's not a movie I think about very often, but My Best Friend's Wedding, I mean, being that cutting, not cutting edge, but like having that distinctive point of view and character, you know, female characters, and was that really that hard? No, no. it wasn't. 
It's so crazy. I remember being <laughs> something to respect. Twelve or thirteen when that movie came out. Saw it in theaters with my family, and I remember walking out and being like, "That's not how it was supposed to end." Like for a young impressionable Which is kid so like cool. me, it was like, "Wait, that's not." And I was very vocal about this, and you know, my parents were like, "No, that was exactly how that needed to end." And it was like, "Wait, no." And then you know, watching it again later, it's like, "No, that's exactly it." And it stuck with me, maybe partially for that reason, but right. also just because it was just great. It was good. And I remember coming out of it thinking, like, "That's awesome," in a way that I didn't understand until later. But I thought it was awesome, and I came out of the movie being like, "I want to have a best friend like George. Like, I want to have a gay best friend." I came out aspiring, and now I have two. Uh... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like Girl. I came out of it feeling like empowered in that way where it wasn't just like I can't wait to get married or like I can't wait to That's true. Yeah. Be in love. It was like Be rescued from the tower. Right. Yeah. It was like, oh, I can't wait to be kind of a mess, but it ended up being okay because I have awesome friends, which has been a closer reflection of my life now as an adult, <laughs> which is you know, like things go to shit sometimes and ultimately it's been my friends who have been there for me. I don't know, I just think it's really yeah. It's also really fucking funny. It is. I well, damn, I changed my vote. No, I'm kidding. But my best friend's <laughs> wedding is a worthy winner. <laughs> Tis. And at least uh, it was not with Harry Met Sally. That's true. Whatever. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening. I hope um, you share it with your best homosexual friend. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. Kisses! Bye-bye. Bye. I'm just a girl standing, standing in front of, front of a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Asking yeah. you to love us. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.